0: Saying in that instance that you were trying to be positive, that it was funny, and I, I don't mean this to be sarcastic or, or pointed, but I mean that went out on Monday you night know, television. A lot of fans are talking about it right now as a big problem with this team. Can you put in context what was going on at that moment, what caused? What Deuce and I talk about is nobody else's business. But why was something funny when you're down 18 points in the fourth quarter? It wasn't. It wasn't funny. I wasn't laughing about anything. The camera showed you. Laughing.
1: Okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. about it. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny?
0: I take this serious. I'm not real serious. I I put my heart and soul into this every single week. All I'm saying is the camera shows. I'm just
2: telling you right now what I do every single week. Every single
0: week I put my freaking heart and soul into this. I study my off. I don't go out there and laugh. It's not funny. It's not nothing's funny to me. I don't want to go out there and get embarrassed on Monday Night Football in front of everybody. That's why I'm asking you. I'm telling you right now. We're not. We're talking. Deuce and I are talking. What was the context? I'm done. Sorry, I'm not dealing with him.
1: Sorry. Power up! Power up! Power up! Welcome back to another edition of the Power Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? Forty. Ahoy, hoy. And Hamish, your host. Ham is unfortunately out. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's actually a little bit depressing given um, his vehement hatred of the Panthers. This um, is like sure the,
0: the week for him to be in the pod, isn't it? And he's missing out.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we'll try to do him justice. Um, <laughs> now, first of all, apologies off the top for missing last week. Um, I've been extremely busy at work. <laughs> um, so we usually try to record on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock, but I have been getting home until much later than that. And... Um, that's the reason, um, but let's jump into this week's pod, which will hopefully hit Thursday morning, uh, provided forty. Can you upload that tonight? Yes, yes, yeah, one hundred percent tonight. Too easy, and so you'll get that in time before the game. Um, Giving, we're playing on a Thursday night this week, and back home. Thank for Lee. Well, let's go. Let's uh, do a review of last round. Um, starting off in the women's Premiership the Wentworthville Magpies running up a score against the Penrith brothers, 64 nil. Um, I don't even know if I can go through the full Trisky Horace <laughs> list. Um, but a couple on there for we've seen before, uh, Mason's on there a couple of times. We've seen her before for Fua. Um, I think these are some names are familiar to me from the, um, the, the Tasha Gales. So, um, Great result on the weekend <laughs> for a team that didn't win a game last year. Not not bad to run. Yeah, it's, it's the been a, score on.
0: a great turnaround in results for the girls for both the Tashgowl and the um, in the uh, the state competition as well. So well done to them.
1: And then into the S. No, not SG ball. we don't have any juniors anymore. <laughs> running those competitions are finished. Into the Shield. Ours fifty two over Sydney University to ten. Um another good result there. Salo. I can see in there. If you remember there was it used to be a Lasalo in Eels first grade. Do we know if they're related?
0: I have no idea, but given the um the connections that we've had with um in the lower grades with like um uh null of and whatnot, I wouldn't be surprised, so.
1: And then we'll jump into Wentworthville in the um Ron Massey Cup, 46-16 to 16 victors over the Penrith brothers. Bo Henry, again, he's letting me down. Only seven from eight off the boot. But Ham's man, Schofhausen, uh, scoring the two opening tries, getting himself a double. And um, then some other. Bergerman yeah, he, he got a try as well. He, he plays fullback, is that right? Uh, he, yeah,
0: primarily fullback, but he has played across the back line elsewhere for the CC team.
1: So, um, Wentworthville again, stamping their um, mark on, oh, sorry, that's, that's <laughs> stamping their mark on, yeah, we've got an update for you, thanks Windows, we don't <laughs> want to do that right now, um, stamping their mark on this competition and uh, looking to become front runners, then into, there was no flag. is that right?
0: Yeah, FLEG's on a two week buy, I believe, one of two that yeah, they had this season.
1: Yeah, there's a fair few buys this weekend. So, um, But last week, Canterbury Cup, Wenty going down 20-34 to 34 against the Bears. And Bears are now the Roosters feeder team. Is that right?
0: I want to say yes. I want to say yes. Because Brock,
1: Brock Lamb's in there. That's right. Yeah, that would be
0: the Roosters, the Roosters feeder team. Yeah, the Bears have jumped ship from Souths, obviously.
1: And try scorers in that, Andrew Davey. Uh, Reese Davies. Um, I didn't check to see whether that updated his photo as of yet, but <laughs> I'm going to say no. Um, Stefano Tui Kamano getting a try, and also Greg the leg. Um, Lalesi-Well getting 1-2. Um, all right, then into first grade. Uh, very disappointing game. Um, we thought that after the shellacking against the Melbourne Storm, uh, the boys might come fired up, but the history of this season has been we sort of come out and play with our food for 10-15 minutes before we realize we're on the paddock
0: yeah that was so so frustrating was the fact that we didn't come out of the gates you know bolting you know fired up ready to play ready to hit and i know that you know i'll recognize that we did sort of claw our way back into the game uh, after that sort of weighted possession for the cowboys early on but it just set the wrong mood for the entire night, when you know you you had sixty points dropped on your week before, you're the ones that should have been to use a Wally Lewisism, dictating the terms, and you know unfortunately they didn't, and, and then they they unravelled at the end, and we here we are you know a week later sort of still kicking um still kicking stones about it.
1: Yes, yeah, so bringing us to five and five on the season, which is very disappointing. After kicking out five to three, we probably chalked Melbourne down to a loss, but not to that degree. That was a disgusting effort. Um, And they should really be ashamed of themselves for that. And I think there there were words of Dylan Brown on the side saying, you know, how how can you lift your head up and actually put in a performance like that? It's just so embarrassing. And it's unfortunately something we've seen from this team in the last couple of years, really giving up those big blowout scores. We saw it against Manly last year, Roosters the year before. They're
0: good for at least one a season, aren't they? they? Yeah.
1: And it's just not good enough in the NRL. And I know we're up against the perfect storm, but... And yes, pun intended. <laughs> Got one you there, 40. Yeah, uh, nice, it's going to work. But, um, but, yeah, especially that period where Sivo was in the bin and four tries, we didn't touch the ball for 10 minutes. I've never seen anything like that. And the complete capitulation. And there are a couple of players that really just gave up on that game. Um, but... We're talking about Eels V Cowboys. We had it in the balance, 10 all, even after um, Cowboys were clearly the better team on the night um, and they were running through our middles again, um, like so many other teams seem to be doing this year, especially around that A and B marker. Um, yeah, I I don't know what's what it is um, recently with the A and B markers. We just always seem to be on the retreat. Yeah, it's a complete lack of
0: like control around the rock, ruck. I, I guess it starts with the line speed. Which is an effort area, which we just haven't had for the last sort of month or so, I want to say. And then, you know, then it plays into the first contact, which has been, I don't want to say it's been weak. The guys are looking to hit their shoulders, but they're not wrapping, which means second phase football's coming really easy to our position. And then from there, your marker's got no chance, and teams are just carving us up.
1: And that's a good point, 40. The hit and stick, it's just non existent. Like we saw against the storm, they get three men in a tackle, one's on the ball, one's um, over the top to, to, also assist uh, getting uh, to stop the offload. And then a third one's wrapping around the waist down and then sliding down to the legs to put a player on their back. And we just haven't done this that this year. So many times, either they've got the leg drive going, or if not, they've got an arm free, even when three players are on it. So um, they really need to smarten that up, or otherwise teams are just going to be able to continue to play that second-phase football against us and continue to get that... Um, uh, getting those line breaks and, yep. and eventually scoring tries.
2: It proves the um the saying that forwards win you games because Cowboys have a misfit back line. They're terrible, literally bunch of rejects. But their pack's pretty decent, and their pack easily outplayed our one. So just the pack has to fire up because it just shows Ferguson can't do it, can't do the hard yards for us. Like Sivo wasn't there, but like the the pack this week has to step up and show authority, don't be, you don't want to be the, the known as the weakest pack in the comp, you know, like, you want to know, you want to, you want to strike fear in the opposition and the past few weeks just have shown, even with contact in defence, like, it's just, poor Doc Jr., he should be smashing people, like, or at least, like, he shouldn't be stopping his momentum, he should be, like, killing it, but, don't want to single him out, it's just this team, the pack hasn't aimed up and, yeah.
0: Well, I think it's one of the big biggest, the, you know, singling out players, I think one of the biggest culprits and um, one of the reasons that the team's gone backwards defensively so much is Daniel Alvaro's regression into 2019. Um, he was often, you know, the defensive glue for the team last year and even the year before, <clears throat> and he's really struggled in that regard this year. I don't know if it's because he's carrying, you know, intentionally carrying more muscle on the frame, he just hasn't been able to adapt aerobically. But he's really struggled, and I think uh, uh, the first try of Matt Scott, I thought Junior made reasonable first-up contact head-on. But um, Alvaro just ended up almost like hugging Matt Scott, like slumping into him, and Matt Scott just crashed over as easy as can be. So I don't know the it it's as I said before, it's an effort area. Like uh, the the team is obviously relatively well conditioned, as we've you know been evidenced of our um, you know earlier wins in the season where we didn't have exactly dominating uh, position and territory, uh, position and possession. So you know we were in a, a relatively close game statistically, uh, and we were able to you know come through. But all of a sudden, in the last few weeks, just the effort areas have dipped down and we've seen opposition, you know, claw home ahead of us because of it.
1: And in this match, again, giving away possession 58% to the uh, Cowboys, it was it's like 67% at halftime, I think. Um, so it didn't completely reverse. Even Our completions were mid-70s, sev- uh, so that's not all that bad. Um, but one thing, and, um, you know, I'm certainly not blaming the refs for this game, but uh, it was 5-9 to nine, um, in favour of the Cowboys. And recalling that three of those penalties came off the back of um, Shepherds. So really, 2-9 to nine penalty count. I don't, I don't know if I quite agree that we were that bad and they were that good. Um, but that's how it rolled at their hometown. Um, but yeah, again, game in the balance with 10 minutes to go. And George Jennings got an absolute Barry Crocker Oof. why he thought he should pass that ball, I have no idea. And,
0: and a board um, pass. <laughs> okay.
1: the, the golden rule is if you have the ball, never pass it to somebody who's in a worse position than you. Um, and especially when you're 10 metres out from the your own trial line and, and have been defending your ass off for the last 10-15 minutes.
2: He, he probably wanted the quick option to win the game because if you look before that, um, a couple of sets before that, uh, Morgan kicked it dead, not kicked it kicked it to the sideline and it was 10 or so like they were playing the, the patient game while we were just like – it feels like as if we, hit, we had to hit the front. That wasn't, there was no chance It's funny.
0: Us, it's know? funny you say that because I think that's a, a very fair criticism of the game plan there, and it wasn't the only time in the game that that happened. After the Cowboys had that really strong opening to the game, went up 6-0 early and had all the possession, all the time, you know, with the ball in hand and all the field position, we got the ball back on halfway from a scrum. <laughs> And we put on legitimately a contender for the the season's worth scrum move with Moses passing the ball into touch from the first tackle. And it was a moment where I understand that you want to take your shots and try and catch teams unaware from set pieces, but we really needed to just grind back into the game, put the Cowboys back deep in their half, and if we didn't score or get a a repeat set, at least force them to work it out from 10 metres out. And instead, we turned the ball over immediately, and it just blew my mind.
2: It's probably just it's his first game of the year and he just wants to make a mark, like make an impression, like not make an impression, but he doesn't want to have a dull game. And he, cause like, if you look back at the Fergo, if he catches it, he's through. Like, cause he, he, he sort of breaks it. Like it was a massive gap, sort of, but it's just Fergo dropped the ball. So like, I'm looking at a replay. I could see what he was trying to do, but it was just, he had to do the smart decision. And I just think there's no one in this team besides Fergo that has footy smarts to know this is what we're going to do to win the game, you know, like we need a general out there. Like Moses is still young, but we're a good front running team, but not if we have to claw back and try and like win it at the depth, it's just, it's not going to work. Cause we just do stupid shit, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Complete lack of poise um, at the end of the match, um, especially from those, some of those main players. Uh, I thought Reed as well, throwing that cutout. Oh, sorry, that short ball. Uh, which was intercepted by Morgan as well. If 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 the pass comes off, it's over. But it just didn't need to be thrown in that time, um, when you could see we were clearly building on the right for that play, and we had the potential to to if not score a try, get a repeat set. And then of course, I I, I thought Moses again. He he lacked leadership in this game. He sort of he can't take that backwards approach and let things run where he needs to be the dominant half because he's playing alongside Will Smith, who is in his first game back from injury and from reports didn't even look like he was going to play because he picked up another niggle in the um, captain's run earlier in the week at training. So um, he, he really needs to step up if he does want to be re-signed uh, moving forward. Um, other than that, let's let's hope our road performances improve moving forward uh, but on a positive note we've got back-to-back home games in the next two weeks um, before I think we've got do we have is it the rep we can break after that oh no sorry two home games and then we've got to play is it the sharks at shark park which is an extremely difficult uh, yeah game.
0: That, that's as hard, as hard as it gets pretty much on the road game spectrum
1: Round 12's the split round. Sorry, that's where I was getting myself Yeah, though, we've I got south, um, after Penrith. Yep, that's right. So, and, yep, then we've got...
2: Sharks, and then back at home again against Brisbane. So, three of the next four at um, Bankwest.
1: And then we get a little bit of a break, and then we're back at home, but our home away from home up in Darwin. Um, so... As Bertie said, a couple of home games coming up. Um, we've really got to turn that form around because we're now 5-5. Five and five. And if you recall back in 2017, we were in this exact same position, 5-5, five and five, and then we went on a, rain, uh, a run and, and won a fair few games on the trot. And that's really where they need to start stepping up now uh, to turn that form around because you'll be running into Penrith, who are um, completely out and out awful at this point in time. And then you run into a depleted Souths with... Um, They'll have a number of players playing Origin. And then off the back of that, you'll run into a, a difficult-to-play Sharks team at Shark Park. So um, it's really a, an opportunity for us to turn things around now and and get back into the positive for and against, uh, which we blew up against Melbourne, um, but also to, to, to get some uh, a couple more two-pointers um, at home uh, to really boost our win percentage. All right, well... Any other thoughts on that game or we're just going to put those away at the moment? Hopefully, we've learned our lessons and, and move forward.
2: I'm sick of going up to Townsville every year. Can we just have a one-off at para every year because... Darwin. Oh, sorry. You oh, meant... Sorry no, the yeah. But, but that we,
0: we always play the away game against the Cowboys, much like we play the away game against the Storm, which this year was in, in Brisbane. Um. Oh, I was a little bit miffed when you were talking about the the penalty count or lack of, early in the game, George Jennings was quite obviously tackled in the air and the ref sort of just looked at it and called play on. And then later in the game, we had a, a call that was even like, like borderline at best and it came against us and it was just frustrating, but you know, blaming the refs for that, you know, is not going to help the loss because that was entirely on our own shoulders, but just once again, you know, frustrating inconsistencies. Um, God, it was a, anything else? We didn't get any injuries out of that game, I think, which is, oh wait, we did. We did. We got one injury out of that game, which we'll get to eventually. Um, But yeah, I I can't really think of much else to say.
1: All right. So let's get into the news and sad news off the top. Uh, Big D, unfortunately, passing away today, uh, Wednesday, as we um, record. And if you check your Twitter feed or anything like that, you'll see there's lots of tributes from not only the club, but also players and fans alike um, to somebody who... Uh, was a figurehead at the club, and we've, we've heard from um, 60s uh, regarding his impact. So uh, very sad news, but um, I think uh, yeah. we could probably um, rest easy knowing that he's no longer you know, suffering um, after exactly. a, a very long period of ill health uh, to be in this year.
0: Yeah, one of the... Yeah, I was
2: talking... To... Yeah, sorry, go on. No, you go, you go,
0: buddy. I'll go after you, mate. I
2: was, was going to say, I was telling me, 40... me and 40 were talking before we started, it was good to see that he. It was good for him to see the new stadium and the sheds named after him. So that was a good, you know, thing for him to see before he passed away. So yep. yeah, it was good.
0: Yeah, the club lost one of its greatest, you know, supporters of all time, and uh, and a damn good guy too. So you know, uh, Vale Dennis, and you know, he's in a better place now as far as the um the pain and suffering from you know the the condition that he had and you know, <laughs> well, what more can you say? The the club and and the fans and the players lost, you
1: know, one of their best. All right, then on to the next bit of news, which has dropped this week and heated, really heated up today after the Penriths um, press statement. But uh, Dallin Wateni-Zelezniak has been uh, rumoured to be shopped, um, potentially to us, um, which has been the strong rumours doing the rounds. Um, if that's the case, um, I think we've have we come down to a conclusion or at least our theory on, will it be Bevan French making way he's been linked to a mid-season swap up to the Cowboys or something like that? Or potentially maybe we might get some further clearance on whether Kayser is going to continue in the NRL or I'm not quite sure.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, you would have to think Bevan be looking to move on at this point and he's not getting a looking at first grade at either wing or his preferred position of fullback. Um and but by the same token, uh, we really need clarity on Kayser's situation, don't we? Because that's a, a a valuable roster slot that's sort of not been used in any way right now. And that's one or two spots where you, know, you're looking at the Lesniak or someone else. So uh, we need clarity as a club on both those things. And if we do want to get into the you know, the hunt for Zlesniak, we need one of those guys to move on. Although there was yeah, I think, there was yeah, I another the- rumour, wasn't there? About um the English Super League? I'm making this up
1: Oh for Dan Alvaro I uh, know
0: I think I think Kane Evans was linked Wasn't he To the Super
1: League Yeah there's People are linked here There and everywhere <laughs> Yeah so
0: We've had Yeah Ray Stone and, and Daniel Alvaro Linked by Sporting News I think Which is Not exactly the most reputable uh, Source But I think Kane Evans was linked With a move to the Super League as well So evidently The, the deals are starting To begin to churn In the mid-season As they look to uh, Improve their roster
2: yeah, I think um, the Cowboys game essentially sealed Devin's um, fate, like in terms, if he can't crack this team for a wing spot mm-hmm. or even a five eight spot, where else can you play him? Because Gufferson, knock, knock on wood, he isn't going to go down injured. He's he's going to play every game and you can't see him play anywhere else. So, you know, hopefully we can work out a trade with him because he's taken up a, a valuable spot and obviously um, cap space. So, yeah. I feel sorry for Bevan because now I've got to change my Twitter handle because there's no doubt he's that's, going to be leaving.
0: That's him. the real crime here is that Bevan's got to change the Twitter handle. Yeah.
2: Nothing, no, Marada fan doesn't sound right. No, Marada heaven doesn't sound right.
0: Hakuna Morata, baby.
2: Hakuna baby. Yeah. yeah, that's TCT, but they got
0: claimed that. I am I was the one that coined it. I'm willing to give you rights on Twitter for it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the real question is how much. <laughs> yeah. My season membership. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, some good news um, that we won't have to change the title of the Discord uh, with Agutherson hey. re-signing uh, for a further three-year deal, uh, reported figures of 650000 a year. Eel's um, not budging on that fourth year, although I did see some sensationalist garbage out of Fox Sports the next day saying, or sorry, later in the week saying, oh, with incentives, he could earn up to 750000 a year. I'm like, well, if he's earning... He's able to earn those incentives, which would be like rep payments.
0: Oh, they're they be... getting composite, like um, uh, sorry, consummate value out of the contract if he
1: Exactly, exactly, because you'll be playing at that higher level. <laughs> yeah,
0: like seriously.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, common sense and the uh, Fox sports don't exactly go hand in hand.
0: I was, I was a little bit worried when I saw the because the way they, they styled it, which is typical of the Australian media, the way they styled it was like, yeah, Eels give up um significant chunk of twenty um, um 2019 salary cap to top up Gufferson. And then you actually see the numbers and it's $350,000 in state of origin incentives and maybe a minor bump this year because we've got plenty of cap space that we can't use all of it. Uh, in, unless we do exactly what we did with Gufferson, which is, you know, a modest top-up for this year. And she was like, geez, that's one way of spinning it, isn't it? Geez.
2: Has anyone heard anything from Hannah Hollis since that um, breaking news two weeks ago? Hey, she's, uh, she scooped nine?
0: it. She's a time-traveler. <laughs> yep.
2: She deserve a pay rise for that. But it, It's so,
0: so good to get the saga done. Um, I, f- I think in the end, the club did quite a good job handling negotiations as much as they were panned – in the media uh, by proxy by Sam Ayoub uh, in regards to have a low board Guffson early on, which wasn't completely unreasonable given that he was coming off a second ACL injury at the time. And the, um, you know, they, they walked the path together and got to the, the right figures and, and they weren't held hostage, which in the past they have been. And they, you know, they kept their cards to their chest and they, they didn't fold and they got a good deal for a good player.
1: And that. The other uh, thing that illuminated the, the contract saga was that f- following it all, um, the news about you know at one point it was Manley had tabled him an offer, and then it walked back to Des's meeting with him, and then that was walked back to Manley might think uh, Manley uh, will be tabling him an <laughs> offer, which was then walked back to Manley might think about tabling him an <laughs> offer. Um, so you know there was there was no other competition for Gutherson's signature at the end of the day. Um, So the Eels uh, did well in not bidding against themselves and got a a good value club uh, signing um, out of Gutherson. And again, with those injury concerns, a three-year deal is a good idea. Um, So again, uh, look behind uh, what you're reading or viewing in the media to um, see how biased it is. Think of who the sources are, what it's trying to tell you, Uh, because it was pretty clear in this circumstance that it was his uh, agent uh, go, running to the media and getting some, you know, maybe uh, less than reputable uh, journalists to assist him uh, in getting <laughs> a bigger pay payment for his client and himself. I think, um, I but think I think best... also at the end of the day, it's probably a a, a test case for um, potentially taking it overboard and really hurting your client's reputation. <laughs> Absolutely. I day.
0: mean, you could see the turn in the fan's perception. It started off with, you know, oh, the club's been a little bit greedy you know, holding out for a guy that's done a lot of great stuff for him. And, you know, he only wants, you know, a reasonable deal and to protect himself from injury. And then it started turning because the way Ayub, you know, and and Gufferson let Ayub play it out in the media. And uh, that was frustrating as a fan because you want to see a guy like Gufferson get the adulation he deserves. He leaves everything on the field for us. But unfortunately, the, the antics of his manager certainly soured things for at least a little bit. But thankfully, you know, the deal got done. And, you know, we're ready to get him back in, and the team back to winning ways hopefully this week.
2: Yeah, what's the next player we're going to sign? Moses, and then hopefully, you know, Dylan Brown. Like, I just don't want the club to think, hang on, we've just got our coach. We've got our captain. Let's just oh, back up a bit. The, because- the
0: club's got plenty of off-contract players, so there's lots of decisions yeah. being made coming up. Um, chief, amongst those is Moses. Like, both you and Hamish, who mentioned before, Moses sort of needs to find a bit more consistency, which isn't unfair. Um, they need to make important decisions there. And I dare say we'll be um, parting away with a number of players, <clears throat> given uh, what we've heard in the media, you know, as we just mentioned before with the uh, DWZ sort of column. There's a few players being linked supposedly elsewhere, uh, and there's juniors to be promoted, and there's there's players externally to be recruited. Um, so Mark O'Neill, uh, Bernie Gurr, Brad Arthur, whoever else on the recruitment panel, got plenty of work to do.
1: And touching on that, um, we haven't mentioned but BA re-signing for a further two years. Uh, which will take him through 2020 and 2021. Um, so something we probably thought was was coming. Um, again, the club not rushing into it uh, off the back of a couple of wins because you see now two bad losses in a row, <laughs> and um, it won't. Be, if we string another couple of losses together, the, the the media tide will turn to why the hell did they resign? Yeah. Him, so, um, but I think it's probably a, it's a pretty straightforward. Um, nobody else out there who would be better.
0: Yeah, you know, as we spoke about in the pod several times, you don't want to make either a lateral move or a backwards move, and that was probably the case if the Eels went to the, the coaching market of the way it was. And obviously things in the coaching market change quickly, as we saw with Brisbane and South Sydney this um, preseason. But, you know, you want to get your guy um, if they do have another guy. And, and two years is enough time for Arthur to prove whether he is our guy or for the club to go out and find the right replacement. So it was a good deal, I think.
2: Do you think um, the fact that they had to the rush? Because, like, if they waited till, like, say, halfway through the season, no, waited to like June, July, like he could have got a longer deal. Because then they will know for sure he is the, the way forward. Or do you think the fact they rushed a bit, they only offered him two years? Because I'm thinking two years is a bit short for a coach. If you think he's going to be a long term coach, he's been here for yeah. Arthur isn't you know,
0: yeah, so Ar- 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 you know unestablished un- un- at Parramatta now, and yeah, I you know I certainly give him a lot of leeway because he's had extenuating circumstances that go beyond anything that any other coach has had to deal with, at least for the uh, from 2014 through to maybe 2017, I'd say, where he finally got a little bit of stability and went top four. Uh, but, you know, he'll have, what, seven years by the time he's done with his new deal. Is that right, Hamish? Roughly? Yep, that's Yeah, correct. like if, if you can't establish yourself as, you know, the guy for the club then, then it's probably time to move on. So, like I said, I, I like the deal for both parties. I think it gives Arthur a fair chance – to go out and recruit some new guys um, to develop the, to bring the young kids, which we all, we know is a very good class of kids coming through headed by Dylan Brown, obviously, but there's, you know, kids underneath that like Stefan or uh, <clears> the <throat> Ethan Perry and whatnot. And, you know, and build a, a roster of new faces externally and internally.
1: And then the last bit of news, the, the talk about the center of excellence, um, which is being built or proposed to be built out at, um, where is it, sorry? Uh, at? Kellyville. Kellyville. Is is that in the same area where we had the, the fan day a couple of years ago?
0: I think we did have a Kellyville fan day at one point, yes.
1: Okay. Um, so out there, um, obviously, most teams are, seem to be getting a centre of excellence these days. Um, it seems to be an inherent piece of infrastructure if you want to sort of take your team to the next level uh, and a more professional level, given what we're currently operating out of. Although we note that the the upgrade to the fields in the last couple of years has been uh, great um, for the club, uh, but not working out of those sheds <laughs> uh, would be uh, certainly a move forward. I agree. Uh,
0: it, it's it's like as far as we're talking off uh handicaps or advantages it's the last you know the uncharted last uncharted territory for the eels um it gives them a huge recruitment and retention advantage you well, you'd, you'd assume based on what other clubs have um obviously there are certain teams like brisbane and melbourne and and manly with their grant that they've got recently that'll have you know relatively uh equal facilities but It's a good pitch, you know, and and it'll help with the juniors, it'll help with the girls, it'll help with the the reserve graders. So, you know, it's good to see it get done.
1: All right, well that'll take us out of news, jumping into previews. Uh, first of all there's a fair few weeks so in the women's premiership they come up with a buy. And I think they've got to buy the round after two. Then into the shield, the owls will take on the magpies, eleven AM at Ring Rose Park. So I didn't understand this. The Magpies' name is Wentworthville United Magpies in the shield, as opposed to Wentworthville. I, I didn't know that either. I don't it's know got it's, a different crest as well. It's it's yeah. That's I the first. Seen.
0: That's the first I've I've seen. So there you go, well, that's something new.
1: Um. All right. Well, that's taking place eleven a.m. on Sunday, the twenty-sixth of May. Uh, Then into Ron Massey Cup, Wentworthville Magpies taking on the Guilford Owls. Wenty Magpies in first at 1 p.m. at Ringrose, so a full day out at (laughs) Ringrose. Flegg has a global buy. Canterbury Cup, the Wentworthville Magpies at 3 p.m., taking on the Panthers in second position, also at Ringrose. So you're on at 11, 1, and 3 p.m. On uh, Sunday, Ham can get out there and get himself a nice uh, chip (laughs) sandwich. Um. then, well, gosh, that brings us to first grade. That was quick. Um, one sec, I just need to get up the team list on my phone because I have not even had a time to check this team list, although I've seen it in the background. So we've played the Panthers early in the season in the opening round match, coming away victors, um, after we almost 14-0 dickheaded ourselves again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in this round, we come to a Panthers team that is currently... What are they? Two wins. Two eight wins losses. total, yeah. And those two wins coming off the back of... Was it... that last gasp.
0: Oh, God. What were, what what were the win? wins? Yeah, it was
1: one point against the West Tigers. And then I think two points against the Knights. Because, yeah, that so sounds we had a discussion... Right. Yeah, that's right. There in was, front
0: of that, that's game, right. Yeah. That was the... Um, yeah, the... Yeah, you're
1: right. Um. So the Eels in eighth position at 5 and. Taking on the Panthers in dead last, uh, with two wins, eight losses. Um, I listened to Phil Gould's podcast this morning, and he's tipping the Panthers in an upset. Um, somehow, I don't see that coming, but <laughs> that's just me. Uh, the bookies have us a dollar fifty Panthers, two dollar sixty outsiders. Uh, so into the team list. A uh, couple of ins, couple of outs. Oh, Tep Moreau is out, so he won't make his 100th game this yeah, week. Yeah, that,
0: that was what I was intimating at earlier I when we didn't get out Scott free of injuries from North Queensland. Tep, unfortunately, yes. as, as he is wanted to do a few times a season, is in concussion protocol.
1: Yeah, that uh, again, uh, and we touched on Alvaro earlier. Perhaps those head knocks have had um, an effect on him this mm-hmm. season because it certainly seemed the same with Tep. After he exploded into first grade, and then unfortunately, he just seems a barrage to have of head
0: knocks, and, and there were some other injuries. He had a bad blood infection um, when we went over to New Zealand at one point, which sidelined him for a few weeks. But just the cumulative, effect, and we we know as NFL fans that the cumulative effect of concussions can you know have very bad long term impacts, and it certainly looks like it's part of the reason why Tep hasn't quite kicked on.
1: And there'll be a couple of changes in the back line, but I believe this is Manu Ma'u's game um, and a great testament to um, well, a real success story. And mm-hmm. we touched on a couple of players that we've sort of brought back from the brink. Um, obviously, Daddy Wicks a couple of years ago coming out of prison and being brought back, and him going on to have two good seasons. And then is it the Grafton Ghosts? The is Grafton
0: that- Ghosts, he captain coaches, yeah.
1: Yeah, captain yeah. coaches. Uh, But that was a great success story. Um, There's a couple of other rehabilitated players um, in our line. Um, Ferguson, I guess, is one. (laughs) Uh, Having a chequered past, Um, but um, a great success story um, for uh, not only the Eels, but also uh, Moe's of Tongan heritage, isn't he?
0: Of New Zealand
1: and Tongan heritage, yeah. Yeah, New Zealand Tongan heritage. Um, So... Uh, fantastic to see him raise 100 games and hopefully we can all be out there um, to see that happen because um, mayo has been a great stalwart for the club and um, he's really relishing playing in the starting role and I think he's been um, uh, fantastic since he's come back from injury this season. Um, unfortunately crawled last year with a facial injury and then earlier this season with the MCL. Uh, but let's get into the team list. Fullback Clint Gutherson on the wings. Maker Sevo makes a return. Thank you. Hey, For goodness. <laughs> yep. Um, but unfortunately, well, hopefully he can turn the, last week's form around. George Jennings on the opposite wing. Now, that big change. Ferguson playing at centre. Josh Hoffman also at centre. Perhaps, does that mean Ferguson might get a... There's discussion about the the New South Wales origin centre spot. Um, perhaps that might be a trial to get him a centre spot mm. for New South Wales.
0: That's interesting. I mean, um, there, there was some discussion today about the potential fit for Dalwin with Teens and whether he'd be a centre or winger at the Eels, and how that would you know, potentially impact Fergie. So there's there's a couple of interesting plot points there, isn't there? Whether it's the New Zealand and uh, New Zealand, the um the New South Wales gig. Or, you know, potentially helping audition a, a future eel. So, I don't know. That, that's real interesting. Uh,
1: then in the halves, Will Smith, um, unfortunately, Dill Brown out and Salmon dropped. Uh, Will Mitch Moses in the seven, Junior Paulo and Tim Manor in the starting props, Reed Marnie at nine. And then the second row shapes up as Sean Lane, Maradani Kore and Manu Maud, The bench is Penny Terrapo, Daniel Alvaro, Brad Takarangi shifts from centre to... Uh, Bench second rower and Dave Gower rounds out in 17. The extended bench is Jamin Salmon, Bevan French, Kane Evans, and Oregon Caffucci. Um So, and then sorry, I'll just quickly run through Panthers. Dylan Edwards back at fullback. Okay. Uh, oh, that's because Dylan Watney's Lesniak is
0: obviously omitted not and this then week. obviously released.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, not released yet, but been free to negotiate, which. You'd assume in the next week or so, he'll probably be released. Uh, Wings, Josh Mansour and Brian. Two. Is it t- two? Two? Uh, I don't know. Um, in the centres, Dean Farré and Walker Blake. In the halves, uh, James Maloney has been suspended for a week. uh, Unfortunate for us. Um, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary, they partnered with each other all through the uh, younger grades coming up. James Tardmo, Regan Campbell-Gillard in the starting forwards. Regan Campbell-Gillard back from being sat out for a week um, for form reasons, I think. Siona Katoa at number nine. Then the second row, Kikau, Frank Oh, shit. Frank son. Okay, hey, thank you. The uh, James Fisher-Harris, Liam Martin in on the interchange bench with Tyrell Fuime Ono, Tim Grant, and Moses Leota. How can it's Hame Sele, who is the best starting lock in the game, be <laughs> on the bench? I get that reference. <laughs> um, Mitch Kenny, Cade Ellis, and Caleb Aikens making up the extended bench. Uh, that's, that's strange that Aikens is on the extended bench as opposed yeah, to playing at fullback. Exactly. Perhaps Dylan Edwards played well in reserve grade. Enough and to, long, to yeah. recall. I don't.
0: know. Um, that's, that's a pretty dreadfully ordinary squad, if we're going to be pretty honest. I mean,
1: for both, for pa-
0: pa- pa- Parramatta, Par- 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 aren't exactly flash this week either. But uh, there, there are some mitigating factors for the Eels to an extent. There's, you know, some core players injured or unavailable. But geez, what what, what long term injuries does Penrith have at this point? I know Maloney's suspended, and he, you know, he's isn't in the team this week, but. They they haven't got too many because Kikau managed to avoid a season-ending injury miraculously. That knee injury went They've from season-ending to
1: role, What's his name? Um, Yo.
0: Oh, that's right. As I yo's out for the season. He's a solid player. So they they're just not that good a club at the moment. And having said that, I think they're going to be up for this game. Um, they they always yeah. like to get up for the Parramatta game as you know the little brother and the sort of pseudo one-sided rivalry. Um, Oh uh, no. <laughs> I don't want to lose to that team though.
1: Yes, definitely not. And the changes for the Eels. Um I I don't quite agree with Brad Takarengi um, to yeah, play second row off the he's, bench. He's I getting, think he's either in your team or he's out of it.
0: He's got some feline qualities, nine lives and whatnot. He's um he's uh yeah. the young the young guys have borne the brunt of responsibility for our last two losses in uh Jamin Salmon and uh, Oregon Kafusi, the ones to make way. Um I don't know. I don't know how I feel about like I feel about that. I I understand that uh, Oregon was you know not exactly flash against the storm, but you'd be hard hard pressed to find anyone who was flash against the storm. Uh, <laughs> and 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 I can understand why Will Smith came into the halves. I feel like he, you know he was pretty good against the against the Cowboys in that capacity. Uh, a little bit a little bit scratchy in defense at times with his combination with Sean Lane, but uh, <clears throat> but you'd you'd think you want to keep jamming the team in some capacity. So
1: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I don't crying know. out for Dylan Brown to come back. Oh, he, it's he's amazing! In running training now—is
0: yeah. that right? Uh, running, very light running training, and I think there was a picture of him on the the team media this week of him doing some light ball work. So I, I wouldn't be crossing your fingers for any sort of early return. Uh, those those are uh, hot spots and, and sort of stress fractures in the back are very serious business. And it's funny because they're one of the easiest things for physios to treat because the prescription literally is just don't do hard like hard intensive work. So, unfortunately, that means that he's probably out for a bit longer.
2: So, I keep or sell in fantasy? Tim um, Brown. You should have sold him back yeah, in, like, that, round
1: four. Yeah. <laughs> he, oh, uh,
0: after, his, after his first big price rises, and then as soon as the word stress fractures came up, you should have been off that. That was – um.
1: Yeah, I, I had to sell him in round four.
0: Yeah. Hamish was a prudent super coach or NRL uh, coach there.
1: Fantasy, yeah. that uh, I brought in the the young bloke from the Warriors. The one that had an extended run, and then of course he he got benched for Nickarima. Uh, Nick yeah. I still uh,
0: had
1: Hook a Sport too as well. Uh, Kieran. Oh no, I didn't have Kieran. I had the other one.
0: Uh, Devita, yeah, Devita, that's the one.
1: Um, and then now I've switched out for who have I got now. I've got Mitch Pierce off the back of some good form for fantasy purposes, and the young kid from up at um, Broncos.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't.
1: Treat- mm-hmm. Deedon or Deedon. Deedon,
0: Deedon.
1: Yeah, so um, with Panthers, uh, obviously we've got to be much better around the middle. I think that's it, where we oh, win. That, that That is without a low. doubt
0: where the game is game has been won and lost for us. So I understand that George Jennings, you could actually pinpoint him for losing the game last week. But the the opening exchange of that game will lost through the middle. And
1: there is no doubt about that. And throughout the course of the match, yeah, again, we've touched on it in the, in the review, but the... The ruck defence, the wrestle, it's just not good enough at the moment. And they really need to address it. I, I, I don't know if it's something that can be addressed within the season, um, but our contact is just so poor at the moment. And we're just constantly on the back pedal. Um, it's not good to watch teams roll 70 metres off a kick-off and then put up an attacking kick um, when they started on in inside their 10. That's really alarming.
0: Hey, yes, sir.
2: You just know that backs are going to help them. Um, Penrith... Because that, look, I, look. The first I thought round one their bench was shit. This is even worse. Like you just know their backs are going to help, and we just got to, as you say, get your contact. Just smash. Just the first contact. Just make them go backwards. Because with them going backwards, they're not going to offload. Like just win the contact, and then we should win. Like the um the game as mentioning this pod,
1: and that's something we we did in that first match against. We're extremely fit. And I think we really sort of caught them off guard um, in that regard. But as Forty touched on, it seems to be a, a bit of a rivalry. Panthers always get up for it. So we can't take them lightly, even though they're sitting at the bottom of the ladder. Um, this could be the week. Um, well, what did we do a couple of weeks ago against Newcastle? Took them very lightly when we went up there and got spanked for our troubles. And then we probably took the Cowboys a little bit lightly at home, given they had a pretty poor record up at um at Townsville so far this season and again got spanked for our troubles, letting um, Matt Scott score once and almost twice uh, in the opening 15 minutes. Uh, So yeah, we just, uh, the boys really need to get their heads right. Hopefully this is just a, a little bit of a patch where we started out the season with so much to prove after last year and then we plateaued for a little bit, but now it's an extra challenge to say, well, we've started well. We've let ourselves down in the last two weeks and now it's a chance to um, continue on with the job throughout the middle of the season before we've got Origin finishing up and then the run to the finals. Um, but we've certainly put in our position where ourselves in a position where we should be thinking finals football this year. Um, and there's outside of the top, I would say there's a clear Roosters and Storm at the top, South one rung below, Raiders one rung below them, and then just about everybody from five through to gosh, about 14. Um, it's going to be a race for, for that bottom of the eight is, is my my thoughts on how it's playing out at the moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot about this team in the next coming weeks. Um, they they responded poorly to the, uh, the loss against Melbourne and, you know, came out slow against the... slow <clears throat> slide of the blocks against the Cowboys and now they're back at Bank West, so there's no excuses. You know, this has been a fortress for the first two games and they've got two games in a row there and three out of four. Was that right, Bertie? Is that what we decided? Three yeah, out of the next three out of four. Exactly. That this is a homestand. This is a chance to cement your spot in the top eight heading through the origin period and and you know, even look to something a little bit more if you we go well. And we're gonna find out. This is
2: the reason why we started the away games. This is why this is all the all the um the troubles we had At the beginning of the season, all those away games. This is we're gonna cash.
0: Yeah, in. this is your chance to, to square up the ledger, exactly. So we're gonna find out a lot about the the makeup of a lot of off contract players and some young guys.
1: Alright, well, I think that just about wraps it up. Um, so, um, quick short episode today. Sorry, I'm so bugged. <laughs> Burning that midnight uh, oil at work, brother. <laughs> Bertie, what's been happening?
2: Oh, well, let's just say um, I was watching my Sydney FC win on Sunday, uh, celebrated too much, and I got a finger to the eye. Turned out I knocked out a couple of stitches, so, been in hospital the last three days, in and out. Got to go again tomorrow, get a couple more taken out, so, um, yeah, hopefully I'm all right for the game, but um, I don't got my hopes up. It's a bit short turnaround as I was talking to forty before, but yeah, if I'm not at the game tomorrow, I'll, I'll be celebrating. I'm not celebrating. I'll be cheering at home. But, so, uh,
1: so, so you had transplants on both your eyes. What, what, yeah, what so exactly the, were the transplants?
2: So, like you know, the cornea, so the surface of the eye, um, was like damaged. So, and they just cut out the clear bit, and they got a transplant from someone. So obviously, they passed away, but um. And they've got like thirty to thirty-five stitches in each eye, and They're every like month I micro, micro
0: stitches and, or something—that's pretty metal.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's like very, very. Like you, you can of see, it obviously, to the naked eye, but you've got a whatever the, the device they see it. And Man, as soon as I, yeah, and whenever a loose stitch comes out, it makes me like a really bad case of pink eye. Hopefully, you know, sometimes I pray to pink eye because sometimes having a loose stitch is not not very pleasant, and <laughs> I just going imagine. to the hospital, you know, you got people there. You know who need who need the doctors more than me, and I just think I'm wasting time. So,
0: good guy, yeah, Bertie. And, um, yeah.
2: So, is just something I've got to put up with? For vision. If I want perfect vision, I've got to have transplant. But
0: no, that's
1: that's in that's incredible. Um, forty.
0: Well, not not to drag the the pod too far deep into the the murky miser of politics, but we got a fascinating sort of triple confirmation of one of the most interesting political phenomenons in recent times, as the shy Tory effect was come into play for Australia. After the, um, the American elections and the uh, UK Brexit where all the polls pointed towards a, you know, a strong left wing, um, they got the result the other way. And the same thing happened with the Australian uh, federal election with the, the Liberal Party sort of prevailing, which I just found fascinating that all the polls pointed the other way. I don't really have a dog in, in the, that race. I don't think either party's particularly great, but that was pretty interesting. Aside from that, the NBA finals have been pretty cool. Golden State are probably going to win again, which kind of sucks, but at least there's some other teams giving us good series. And um, NFL uh, rookie camp is over, and now we're into the organized team activities, which is you know a little glimpse into the the preseason before they go away for a while. So to sort of keep the um the NFL appetite uh, sated for a little bit.
1: Yeah, the NFL season never stops. It never stops, baby. And yeah, just back on the election, whilst Palmer United Party may not have a seat, preferences, uh, man. Yeah, um,
0: preferences so powerful.
1: Exactly. Eh? Exactly, um, which it, it's it's a much better system than first-past-the-post, because if you've got first-past-the-post, you've got six left-wing candidates, one right-wing candidate, yeah. the right-wing candidate might get 25% of the vote and win out, even though exactly. the, um, uh, the balance of the electorate are, it, are swinging left. But
0: it's easy to nitpick the flaws of a lot of systems, but Australia definitely has one of the better political uh, voting systems in the world, I think.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's one, one thing that cannot be argued, even with the majority of voters. <laughs>
2: when I was voting, I was trying to take it seriously, and I look up and I see <laughs> the pirate party. I'm like, yeah.
0: surely this is. Oh my god, the there, G.I. there is, oh, there god. are some. Yeah, the, the um, this, the I think the the state uh, senate vote is usually even worse. There's more parties and there's more esoteric and bizarre parties out there. But yeah, there's some real head scratches on the um the ballot bomb ballot lists.
1: Yes, well, fortunately this year, though. Uh, oh, gosh, Fraser Anning um, yeah, will not yeah. get a seat, <laughs> um, all which mate, all is mate Tones Old Mate tone got the flick. Yes, that, w- that was probably the most surprising result. For
0: but, Morgan, um, but Potato Head up in Queensland got back in.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the, one of the most disappointing things for mine. <laughs> um, I don't know how you could uh, vote for someone who looks like an exact version <laughs> of Baltimore, but um, that's just me. <laughs> um in any event um i went and saw detective pikachu and um i suggest you all go and see it if you like that uh pokemon nostalgia and, and just out, yeah, I, I had the weirdest experience at the movies so i got there we pre-booked our tickets i think in the morning because you know how they just fill up by the time we got there the person in front of us was getting tickets while we we're just grabbing some popcorn and i can see that the whole theater was full up i'm like oh great got the tickets this morning i got a seat where we want second from the back right in the middle so i get there Two people are sitting in our seats, allocated seating at a Hoyts. Of course. And then I said, "Oh, uh, this is you know um, eight, nine, ten P, as in P for Peter." And she said, "No, it's B." And I said, uh, "No, A is at the front of the theatre, just to you guys." <laughs> when when you the we, theater, we had this discussion. A is, <laughs> a, a is closest to the screen. <laughs> That's
0: isn't? exactly right.
1: I'm not mad. (laughs) I wasn't arguing, but I'm just like, no, this is P. It's clearly A is at the front of the cinema. Anybody with common sense knows that. If they just looked at like the
0: the row before or after, they'd be able to confirm as well.
1: And I said, look on the floor, there's a P at the end of the row. And she's like, nah, it's B. I said, All right, well, I'll go talk to the attendant. So I went and talked to the attendant, the attendant came up and said, yeah, that's P. Can you go to the, (laughs) you're in P. It's just the most bizarre thing. Like I'm happy to be wrong, but when you're clearly right and somebody's just like, yeah, I don't get it. People are strange.
2: You know what you should have Um, said? You should have said their ticket's P, so they go to the front. So your
1: (laughs) ticket's P. Yeah, you can have P. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I quite enjoyed uh, it. It's a, you know, that little bit of nostalgia.
0: Oh, speaking Other of movies, that, John John McPhee was really good. If you like those sort of, um, you know, high-octane action uh, love letter sort of movies, well, love letter to action flicks, sorry. There isn't really romance in there for all you... Um,
2: Were you thinking of hearts. Deadpool the whole time, uh, Hamish?
1: No, like? I wasn't really. Uh, I th- I thought, you know, he sort of captured it really well, um, Ryan Reynolds. Um, and I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but yeah, I, I thought he did a really good job with the voice uh, and... You know there was there was plenty of <laughs> uh, pretty comedic movements for the adults. Like there was a there was a scene with Mister Mime, which I thought was which was really um, well put together. Um, but it is predominantly a kids movie. Um, but it's yeah, I, I thought it was yeah it was good and the plot you know sort of bared out for for those adults in the audiences and a couple of jokes that for, were for both age groups. Um, but to to the big news, the 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 greatest TV event of all time, uh, Game of Thrones, Heated it out finished. with a whimper. Ugh. Oh Oh. well, you know, it's going to disappoint people because the I I thought I thought that was going to be the outcome, um, but D D &D and D cashed out,
0: man. HBO commissioned wanted to commission ten episodes. They said they could get done in six, and they're talking out their asses. They just want to move on to Star Wars, whatever. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed that.
2: I'm on to the next HBO series, uh, Chernobyl. Apparently, that's pretty good. The brothers watched um, one episode. I'm yeah,
0: I heard, I heard good things about Chernobyl. And there, there was a, in the, uh, what's it called, the post-credit scenes of like one of the episodes, they teased like a new episode about witches in the modern world which took to all right as well. So, I don't know. But yeah, that...
1: I'm and- currently watching um, Doom Patrol now, uh, which I highly recommend for anybody. There you go. The, the DC TVs, especially if you liked... Um, titans um it's it's got some of the same characters from titans mm-hmm. um but I look into their world and it's very very good so far i'm only two episodes in but it's very excuse me good. all right well i think that just about wraps up our recommendations predictions. That, go out and watch the the all oh, your predictions thanks 40 uh birdie oh.
2: um paramount are going to win 28 to 6 first try marada and um Sivo's uh, going to have a, a double a brace this game. I reckon he's going to he's going to respond back. Hopefully he's worked on his defending. You know, put the arm down a bit, the shoulder down. Like,
0: <laughs> don't clock him. In. Oh. I mean, don't don't attack a falling guy in the first place, and so don't hit him high somehow. Yeah.
2: just yeah. So like, I'm just, I'm, I want a response. So I think we will get a response, and we'll, we'll smash him. Surely we should prank. But
0: yeah. Forty uh, on behalf of yeah, well. on behalf of Ham. He's tipping uh, as he is want to do with Parramatta versus Penrith. he's tipping Parramatta to wipe the floor off the Panthers, 38 the four. And he's um he's back in the, the newly promoted uh you know bench superstar Timmy Manor to get over the first try scorer to make the most of his um starting opportunity and get the first points. Meanwhile, I'm gonna tip a, a bit of a closer, grittier affair. 18-14, I'll go to Parramatta. First try scorer, make a CV back from his suspension.
1: Well, I had us at eighteen sixteen. 16 hey, uh, Blake close, Ferguson yeah. revelling uh, at his at centre, centre position. Um, all right. Well, I think that just about wraps us up uh, this evening. Um, no play of the game because losers don't get play of That's the game. That's right.
2: Losers. Losers have <laughs> meetings.
1: That's right. <laughs> so hopefully we uh, – yeah, well, Napa's doing a fair few meetings this year, isn't he? <laughs> um, <laughs> he will be for Origin too. Um <laughs> So that'll wrap us up for this week. Hopefully we see you on Thursday and hopefully we're celebrating an Eels win after our first back-to-back losses of the season.
0: That's it. Keep West Bank, Uh, Bank West, Wank Best, whatever. Um, Undefeated, baby. Cheers. Cheers. See you, boys.